0: Welcome to That's Life where if you were in any doubt that summer had started here in Manhattan just walk outside. Good morning folks and thanks for listening. It is an oven and I am Miriam Elwalek, blogger writer and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful once you're in an air conditioned room lower east side. Good morning, I'm Rummy. Boca toe. You know, you're always surprised when I when I cue you in and then you have to put on your mic. It's like we do this every week.
1: Well, I want to make sure that in case uh, I'm it up until the last second, uh, I'm not going to do anything that's going to be inappropriate or mess with your uh, show. Yeah,
0: so. you know what? We always worried about your level of inappropriateness. Let me tell you, if the things that concern me about having you on the air, it's, uh, you know, that you're going to say something inappropriate. I appreciate that. Yeah, not a problem. How was your commute? You had a, uh, you had a uh, companion this time, right? No, I was supposed
1: to have a companion on the way home. Oh, oh. And that was canceled. That was moved, which I have to actually talk to you about a little bit later about next week. Because <laughs> um, well, um, it again. turned out he wanted to stay a little bit longer with his cousin, so that oh, worked out. That's but cute. and it was okay, but it was there was some really big bumps coming in this week. I don't know, maybe because I was sitting on the first floor. Like it was very jarring towards the end of the trip.
0: Do you usually sit upstairs on the bus?
1: I just because usually by the, when I get on, there's so many people from DC that I have to sit upstairs and upstairs there's plenty of room. Uh but this time there was not. So I sat downstairs and I just I felt some really bad bumps coming right into out of Jersey into Yeah, so, but other than that, it was good and, you know, no real complaints or whatever. It was fine.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that was a comprehensive review of the commute. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, You got it. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. By the way, Avram, you should just know it's funny that you mentioned something about New Jersey because it's National Be Nice to New Jersey week, which. Belies the question, why do we need a special week to be nice to New Jersey? But anyway, follow us on Twitter, Nahum Siegel Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. It is Chocolate Day. Yeah, July 7th is Chocolate Day. And I noticed yesterday that we're out of chocolate in the chocolate bin. I do not take any responsibility for being out of the chocolate just for supplying the chocolate. You ate the M&Ms. Now I understand. Next time, could you put it on the shopping list so we know we need to replenish it? Same rules like at home. Uh, It's also Father, Daughter, Take a Walk Together Day. It is Global Forgiveness Day. Earth, I forgive you. And it's Tell the Truth Day. Much to people's dismay, I hold that very strictly every single day. Let's do the fortune cookie. Yep, we got a fortune cookie going here. Yoni, again, responsible for the fortune cookie. I have minimal faith in the fortune cookie one second all right i already oh boy oh boy yoni we need another one hey, first of all it was hard to get it out of the, you gotta hurry up it was hard to get out of the package now it's on the floor it's in multiple pieces i cannot use it it is null and void there is a flag on the plate i'm not even touching it right now knowing me i will step on it and then have to vacuum but that's another story no oh yoni what is going on no rush okay. yes yeah, seriously Houston, my word. All right, hold on, hold on. This one's at least intact. Okay. A merry heart does good like a medicine. All right, that's fine. Let's see yeah. if this one had not broken, what this one would have been. Hold on. You will soon discover how truly fortunate you really are. But I but I knew that already. All right, that's lovely. Um, speaking of fortune cookies, you should also know that the... Uh, Mega Millions is up to, I don't know, a gazillion dollars. So if you think you're one of those Americans who plays now and will win, go right ahead. I will read you the fortune cookie numbers from the fortune cookie that was in play, not the one that was null and void. Here are the numbers. 53, 51, 8, 2, 48, and 16. Yoni, I have no faith in these numbers. I'm giving everyone these numbers. I'm playing the other ones. Oh,
1: I wanted the other one. No,
0: absolutely not. You do not get the other ones.
1: Well, so many people were going to do those numbers that you just read that really the winnings were going to be pretty small. Don't worry.
0: Well, right. And the likelihood, is the line out the door, by the way, at the corner place?
1: Uh, No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe everyone uh, got their tickets already. Or they're going out to go during
0: lunch hour because it's a schmoil outside. It really is a schmoil Why are you making faces at me?
1: I don't like to complain about the warmth in the summer. So
0: right, and I like the winter. So that that's the way that rolls. Anyway, actually, we're gonna flip the show around a little bit today. I have a simcha liner track. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a simcha liner track that has been queued up. It's the Al Hakol. It's my little nod to benching here at That's Life as uh, we very eagerly, eagerly await. Um, Rabbi Hecht, looking forward to speaking to him soon. And the uh, Al Hakol coming from Benching off of SL2. Here's Simcha Liner.
2: Of the booming after, and such a me like a Be a hot of the summer, the summer of booming me like Be a hot of the summer, the summer of booming me like Be a hot of the summer, me like Hey, no, I am not the only one. I know we Va torto, so va torto, vedere torto, esa se me doy quejo. Do they not know? It's a shame like I
0: is Simcha Liner with the Al HaKol my nod to benching as we look forward to speaking to Rabbi Hecht who is a competitor on chat, who seems to be having a little trouble getting Rabbi Hecht on the line so I do appreciate everyone's patience I know that there's been so much going on lately with Jews who are Orthodox Jews I should say in particular who have been, partic- who have been participating in um, various um, competitions, national competitions that have been televised, and there's so much going on, but the show, Chopped, that featured Rabbi Hecht, that had previously aired, was a huge hit for different reasons, and I'd like to welcome Rabbi Hecht to the program. Good morning, Rabbi. How are you?
3: Good morning. An absolute honor and pleasure to be on the program with you this morning. I'd like to mention that I'm a big fan of the Nachum Siegel Network uh, we live in Rhinebeck, New York, and we're blessed to catch the Malcolm Signal Network on the radio from 6 to 9, and we also uh, have the app on our phone, so we're very <laughs> big fans. It's a big honor and pleasure for me to be on the show this morning. Well,
0: I truly appreciate it, and frankly, um, it's a pleasure to have you on because... While I'm sure that walking into the Chopped Kitchen and going into the interview and, and the entire process, you, of course, had the enormous burden of being able to represent the Jewish people in the best way possible, that it is an absolute pleasure to have watched the program and to know that you were unbelievably successful in, in making that Kiddush Hashem.
3: Well, thank you very much for the compliment, and uh, and I went in with one goal and one goal only to make a kiddush Hashem, and represent kosher in a in a dignified manner, and I was very very nervous going in, and thank God the Almighty put the right words in my mouth, and the Almighty was there coaching me through the process, and I was blessed to make a kiddush Hashem, and thank God since the uh, show was aired, I got a tremendous outpour of of emails and letters and calls. Uh, that I did a wonderful job. Some people asking for recipes, but most people really <laughs> are complimenting me. And if I could just share a little story, I, sure. I actually received an email um, right about right after the show was aired. It was a very very touching email for me that I received, and it's uh, from a gentleman who's not Jewish, and basically goes on to write how he lost his son to in a drunk uh, driving accident. Uh, him and his two friends were killed by a drunk driver. Uh, in September of 2015 so just uh, few, uh 9 months ago mm. and um how he he's a big fan of chopped and he watched the chop show and and he continues to write how it brought him to, you know tears in his face that he saw the, he felt that he felt the love of his son coming through when wow. I was uh, on the program on on the show wow so when you get emails like this from go forget uh, just the within the Jewish community of kosher but for someone that's not Jewish and someone that uh, desperately looks for the love of his son, it brings a tremendous uh, joy to myself that I was able to bring a true Kiddush Hashem, both within our community and outside our community as well.
0: No, absolutely. And and truth be told is I almost wish that the show started backwards. Not so that we could know the results of the competition, whether you won or you didn't win, but your your closing line was, I did win. And you explain to the camera why, you explain what a kiddush Hashem is, you explained that you were able to compete, which in and of itself is such a success, and that you presented kosher in an unbelievably dignified manner, and the way you conducted yourself with the camaraderie in the kitchen, just the whole thing, that when you... Close that closing interview at the end of the program where you say I did win. You're a hundred percent right, and so I almost wish that the editors had started with that.
3: Oh, well, I, I thank you for your compliment, and I, and I really do feel that I win, uh, uh, that I that I won. To me, I wasn't going for ten thousand dollars. The money meant very little to me. It was the opportunity, and 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 the. Capability of going on on national television right. and, and showing kosher and showing Yiddishkeit and Judaism and I had that opportunity and thank God I, I do feel that I won and I do feel that I represented well and 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 your compliments are are, are very much appreciated. So let's
0: go through a couple of the different elements of the show and I uh, of of the program itself um, and let everyone know that you made it to the final round, which is an enormous accomplishment in and of itself, especially because you were competing with the possible greatest disability that a chef could uh, compete with, which is the fact that you couldn't taste your food.
3: So th- th- That is correct, but it's very interesting. So those, are, if you watch the show again, or if you didn't watch the show, uh, I know it's on Amazon On Demand and iTunes On Demand, and there's a couple of reruns that will be showing, so if you did not watch it, feel free to watch it. The, they did give me brand-new pots and pans and utensils, uh-huh. and if you look closely, there's a little bit blue piece of tape on the utensils for my specific utensils that my competitors did not have. And going into the show, the director of food production for the Food Network, I had a long conversation with her, about an hour conversation, going through all the different elements. And I explained to her that from the base law, one is not permitted to cook a milk and meat. Basner and Khalaf together is the actual prohibition. But if they gave me shellfish or pork, even though maybe from the base law I would allow to cook it, as a rabbi going on national television, right. I would never cook it. Mm. And then I began to explain kosher, besides for the ingredients being kosher, the preparation itself has to be kosher as well in a specific way. And they went out of the way and brought, bought me brand new pots and pans and utensils, which was re- I was very, very touched when I got there and I had the conversation with the food director. It's interesting that the food director is somewhat of a religious woman in another religion. So maybe that's why she had uh, a greater level of respect for it.
0: Right. And... And, No, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry.
3: And so even though you could say the pots and pans were, were, were brand new and the ingredients were kosher... But nevertheless, the fact is that the kitchen setting is not a kosher kitchen. That not co- kosher the oven, and therefore it's not to the highest standards that I bring into my home. And if I wanted to represent that as as well, uh, when I had the opportunity.
0: See, I I completely felt your pain, and I use that word pain obviously in quotation marks. But I completely felt your pain because as a vegetarian, I cook every single week and do not taste my food. So when I saw you having one of the other chefs taste your 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 first dish your appetizer of the salmon i laughed out loud because i i have people designated to taste my chicken soup and adjust the flavoring for salt so when you had that moment that you had to have somebody else taste whether or not you had enough salt didn't have enough salt in your appetizer dish i i was like that's me that's exactly me and okay, okay, and so okay. many people don't get that but i yeah. I, and and
3: salt 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 and sugar are the two things that it's impossible right. to smell. Right. It's only based on taste. And and you know, everybody said, Why didn't you add salt? I said they did add salt, but how much salt are you supposed to add? She said, It needs salt. What does salt mean? A little right. bit, a lot. And, and it, remember, if you over-salt, you totally kill the food. And it's one thing that the only way you can know if there's enough salt and the only way you can know if there's enough sugar is by tasting. Everything else, you know, in other ingredients, you may be able to smell the, the aroma, right. look at the color, but you can't do that with salt or sugar.
0: Right. Salt is a is an ingredient intensifier or a flavor elevator kind of a thing. So it's it's very much by taste. But when you had that moment and... Also, we should just note that you turned to a fellow competitor to taste your dish. Number one, showing again what the judges commented a number of times about, which was this kind of camaraderie in the kitchen, this lack of cutthroat need to to perform, but rather this congeniality. And so you number one. You 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 displayed that by turning to a competitor and the competitor not only complying and being helpful but was happy to do so. But also, um, you put your faith in a competitor to not sabotage your dish.
3: Well, uh, that is true, I guess. A little bit of faith. But the truth be told, I... I went in with the with the with with knowing the fact that I have this handicap in the kitchen, and I said, hey, I'm going to trust my competitor and trust the person next to me, and it would be their choice to tell the truth and not tell the truth. Wow. They did tell the truth. Maybe I, I probably didn't listen as much as I should have, although oh, then again, my wife says, of course, you're a Jewish husband. Of course exactly. you don't
0: listen. Exactly. <laughs> you, come by, you come by it very naturally. Rabbi Chanochert joins us. He was the competitor on Chopped a couple of weeks ago, it was a wonderful, wonderful episode. He's also the co-director of the Chabad of Duchess Rhinebeck Jewish Center in upstate New York, along with his wife, Tzivi. And he is also the uh, the man behind sixminuterabbi.com, which we will discuss in just a few minutes. But I, I, I still want to get back to the program, because as, um, as an at-home chef, I, I so enjoyed watching you take that kosher cooking that my father always dubbed the brown plate and um, and turning it into something that is very 2016. We know that kosher cooking has come a long way. We know we are far Far from just Chollent and, and Gefilte Fish, though, of course, those are wonderful, wonderful staples. But when I was watching the show, I wondered, and obviously so much of the program is in the editing. So I wondered if at all, and I'm not asking you to to at all Um, say anything negative about the experience because you were, if anything, effusive with your appreciation of being able to be included. But there was something about the editing that I felt almost did the Jewish angle uh, injustice. And, you know, you come on camera and there's a fiddle playing and they are showing the and one of the ingredients in the second course is, quote unquote, kosher wine. And I'm saying to myself, guys, Break out a bottle of Tepperberg, and you'll understand that kosher wine is not just about Malaga. So I was wondering if at any point you felt some kind of frustration that they were, and of course, the third, the dessert course, one of your ingredients, was hamantashen. So I was wondering if at any point you were frustrated by saying, come on, guys, just give me everything that you would otherwise give somebody else, and let me show you what I can do.
3: There was... Very very interesting. You're the first person that brought this up. I was the the first basket on a certain level was the most exciting basket for me because most of the ingredients were what we call normal ingredients. Mm -hmm. It's just ingredients that you would cook with in your kitchen. The second and third basket, there were ingredients that any normal cook would not use. First of all, uh, kosher wine. I knew that my competitors would not know about. When I took kosher wine, I knew (laughs) they were referring to Manischewitz disgusting (laughs) sweet wine. And listen, I, I drink. I, I I do enjoy my wine. There is nothing right. worse Ugh. than the you know the syrupy right. kosher manischewitz style wine. And then even in the third basket, I It happens to be that I'm not the biggest fan of hamantaschen as it is. And then on top of that, it was when they picked the oh, the more. Other religious items such as figs, you know, fresh figs right. is a great uh, ingredient you could mm-hmm. use, and the kosher ingredients were not the best ingredient. But I don't think I was slighted. Like, I, the 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 whole goal of the basket is trying trying to trump and challenge the competitor. Right. So they were challenging uh, us as a as a as a group. And as an individual, of course, I was challenged with it. Of course, would i like to go in and show, hey, we, kosher, we can practically cook anything as long as we follow the laws and guidelines. Of course, I would love to show that. I would love the fact that if the kosher bottle of wine was a beautiful uh, <laughs> bottle of wine uh, and not some syrupy stuff, but I think that part of part of their goal is to trump people and and challenge the chef and if you're challenging the chef you're going to give them ingredients that are difficult to them, not necessarily so easy
0: right no i I agree with that. I also found it interesting that instead of referring to each of the competitors as chef like chef Hannoch or chef whatever they they used your your official titles, so to speak. You know, you were Rabbi Chanoch, and then there was the sister and the pastor and the minister. And I just I also found that interesting as a choice. And I understand that there was, of course, this religious element to the entire program and they were playing that up. But and I can only imagine that Ted Allen probably spent a lot of time in his dressing room saying Chanoch Hecht ten times to try and do as best as he could on camera. But was there something to the fact that you guys were not all on a level playing field by by the fact that you were using you were being used you were given those titles you were using those titles instead of just being called chef.
3: Oh, that's an interesting interesting question. I just want to mention Ted Allen said my name twelve different ways, and not, <laughs> each, each time he did not say it the same way. So when I was standing there. For me, it was always a joke to watch the chefs trying the, the the chefs at J- Ted Allen, the judges trying to say right. <laughs> If there's any one challenge for them to say, I mean, this was a, the, definitely the challenge of the day for them.
0: For sure. So yeah.
3: of, co- of course, that was enjoyment. I, I think they were really trying. They they represented. Uh, very well, and they approached all of the religions, Judaism and and the other different faiths and different denominations of their faith, in a very, very dignified manner and a very, very respectful approach. They did it for me, maybe on a certain level, more than others, because my needs were greater, Mm -hmm. but... Nevertheless, I think even to the other uh, religions and denominations of, of Christianity, they represented in a very, very respectful way, asking the questions. And for me, it happened to be was interesting, hearing from a 32-year-old girl why she would become a nun and, and the challenges. And they, they, they were very sincere in the questions they were asking. I know, of course, you know, you're doing 12 hours of shooting and it gets edited into 45 minutes of, of TV time. So you don't necessarily see that full conversation, which I did see the full conversation. I think they were very, very respectful to myself, as well as to all the other competitors. And of course, the the I guess from the show's perspective, they wanted to make it as interesting as possible for the viewers. And that's why they probably represented in more of a way more than just a chef. It is an amateur. Competition compared to the you know, professional chefs and celebrity chefs that compete sometimes on the show.
0: Right. No, I hear that. That's that's actually very interesting. And I noticed, by the way, your red kippah, Um Talk about uh, costume choices, but or wardrobe choices. But I also noticed on the Six Minute Rabbi dot com website that must be that's your signature, right?
3: Yeah, I, I I invented a Torah class that takes exactly six minutes. It's in the we live in the age of 140 character concentration and attention span, and therefore one has to be creative. As a rabbi, you have to be creative to try to engage the masses, and one of the foundations of our religion is the study of Torah. And it's not, God forbid, one shouldn't settle for six minutes, but it's actually a way for one to begin. They should begin studying for six minutes, and hopefully it creates a a desire for one to study more. And thank God we've had tremendous success with it, and hopefully the Almighty continu- continues to bless us, to continue success, and-, and inspire people to learn more Torah.
0: But the, uh, where was the inspiration for the red yarmulke? <laughs>
3: Well, the red yarmulke, as they say, is a family character trait. <laughs> my similar- so so as much as I would love to take the credit for it, and it looked quite good, a nice, a nice bright red yarmulke sure did. with the gray chef jacket. right? But it's not my creativity, and uh, it's just a family character trait. And therefore I can't take the... Uh, <laughs> I cannot take the... Genius is not my genius, to, to, so to say, but it did work very well for the show, so therefore I'm grateful for that as well.
0: Well, as one of ten children, I imagine that uh, there must have been a lot of phone calls when after the show aired from your siblings with the, oh, why didn't you do this, or I would have done that. So what kind of calls did you get from family afterwards? And, of course, what everyone wants to know, what did your mother say?
3: <laughs> well, uh, my mother, I think, thank God, she was very proud uh, my my siblings all think they could have done a better job, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the love of coming from a large family. We know how to compete quite well. So it's interesting that on the show, most of the members on the show, uh, the competitors on the show, all came from large families, but not as large as you know, six children, five children, which in America is considered larger families. Right. Of course, when I mentioned that I have ten, I think I trumped right. all of them, and, they, and 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 they they were like, whoa. And of course I got a whole bunch of calls from my sisters that I they think that I challenged them on national television <laughs> that I could make better than them. So they so they had what to fight with me about. So, um who knows? The answer the the it was definitely uh an enjoyable experience to me, and and my siblings had a lot to uh, tease me about before the show before the show was aired and maybe even more what to tease me about after the show was aired.
0: Yeah, well, god bless siblings, right? You know, we're unfortunately we're so running out of time but I have one more question for you. Uh there has been um this week on America's Got Talent there were two members of the Y Studs who did a beatboxing audition. Um, and made it to the next round, and this video clip has been circulating everywhere, from Humans of Judaism to Only Simchas. I mean, it's really, really making the rounds. And they're in their white shirts and dark pants, and Sitsis are flying. And they also, too, very well represented the Jewish people on 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 television. So, what kind of advice could you give to them after having done the entire experience? What kind of advice could you give to them, or to any other? you know, Orthodox Jew, who is going to take part in a competition like this?
3: To to add on to what you said, it's just uh, just a YU student that competed on American Ninja. Right,
0: right, the uh, Ninja Rabbi.
3: Yeah. Actually, and I saw him, I said, well, I think what I did was easy compared to what (laughs) he needed to do. And keep his yarmulke on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be that as, the main thing is that we have to go in for for one has to approach it not as a second of personal fame but rather as an opportunity to make a kiddush Hashem, and when one goes to make a kiddush Hashem, the only way to do it is you keep strong to your principles. Yeah. We have to, we have to follow Torah, we have to follow follow Shulchan Aruch, code of Jewish law, and we have to go in with the with the. Goal of making a kiddush Hashem, and if we go in with that goal, I believe we have siyata d'shemaya, there's help from heaven, they will make sure that we'll reach it. Once we go in for our personal excitement or going in for our personal ego, then unfortunately we can find ourselves in a very difficult situation that we do not do what we're supposed to do by making kiddush Hashem. God forbid.
0: Wow. Well, that is certainly good, Mister, and that is good advice to everyone else who may compete in the future. By Chano Hecht, again, he is the co-director of the Chabad of Duchess Rhinebeck Jewish Center in upstate New York. A shout-out to his wife Tzivi and the episode on the Food Network. It was an episode of Chopped. It was entitled Leap of Faith where he competed alongside three other clerics, a priest, a pastor, a nun, and a Jew walked into a kitchen. Rabbi Hecht, I thank you very much for joining us, and um, great job. Thank you
3: so much, and 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 if you come to Beck for Shabbat, we'll make sure to cook for you a vegetarian Shabbat dinner. Thank you,
0: sir. I very much appreciate Only if you'll make that rabbi's heat, because I'm a total jalapeno fan.
3: Okay, great.
0: All right, thanks so much. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Seal Network. We're going to wrap it up here, as I do not want to take over any of Nahum's time. Make sure to listen to our programming for the rest of the day. The live lunch literally starts in just a minute. And uh, by the way, shout out to Ruven Brick. Ruven. I hope to hear from you in just a few moments as well. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.